Hey y'all, I'm Melanie. And I'm Jason. And you're listening to the Old North State Podcast. We're bringing you on a deep dive into all things North Carolina. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Good morning. And the other one. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of The Old North State. Yeah. Good to see you again. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already, make sure to vote for us on Strange Carolina's Best of 2022. We are the returning champs <laughs> of the podcast episode, our podcast section. Yeah. Um. So make sure to vote for us, but don't forget to vote for, you know, other cool, weird people such as Bart Smart, such as Noda Brewing for Best Brewery, such as the old books on Front Street for bookstores in Wilmington, and uh, some other cool things. Caps. Caps for Best Paranormal Group, Charlotte Area Paranormal Society. Give them a vote. Devil's Tramping Ground for Best Ghost Story slash Urban Legends. I don't remember any of the categories. I, I said a good chunk of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, make sure to vote for us if you have not already. And also, you can vote twice. You can vote so, an infinite amount of times. You know, you, exactly. If you haven't already. All right. What else? What else we got going on? Um... The next few episodes are going to be a little short. Oh. Sorry. You but don't know that. I do know that, but uh, we got a lot of stuff going on, so just bear with us. It'll get better, I promise. But just bear with us the next few weeks. does not always mean quality. Some of these stories are, you know, worth... I know. I'm just saying, I'm just warning people, the next few are going to be a little short. They're not going to be these... 40 minute long ones, so. Cool, cool. Just saying. We always say that, and then the episode comes out 30 minutes. Yeah, anyways. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chatty Kathy today. I see that. <laughs> so, what's the, um, the county of one of 100? Sorry, I was yawning. I know, I was stalling. <laughs> Thank you. Um, today is Burke County. Burke County? Burke County is named after Thomas Burke. A member of the Continental Congress and Governor of North Carolina. Founded in 1777. Burke is a good last name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying because my cousin's last name is Burke. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think she listens, though. That's okay. That's fine. It's not a Connecticut history podcast, I guess. (laughs) What would you even talk about? Ugh. (laughs) It's not what we're talking about today, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about the Edenton Tea Party and the woman who started it, Penelope Barker. How great. Yeah. So. Re- really though, it is a cool story. I wasn't being sarcastic. Yeah, and we are also drinking tea. Yeah, what mug did you choose? I chose my Durham Women Take No Bull mug. Nice. From Hometown Apparel in Durham. And then for me, you chose... The None of This Is Real podcast mug that we won mm-hmm. from one of my favorite podcasts, None of This Is Real, Yeah, which is another North Carolina-based one. 
Yeah. Talks about strange and mysterious things. Yeah, because none of this is real. So, (laughs) without further ado, in 1773, the British government imposed the Tea Act on the American colonies in an effort to bail out the East India Company, who was a key factor in the British economy. The Tea Act gave the East India Company a monopoly on importing and selling tea in the colonies. On December 16, 1773, colonists in Boston boarded an East India Company ship and threw the tea overboard. I think I heard about that party. They spilled some tea. You know, I think about I heard about it too. I think we spent like a week on it in history class. I remember not too long ago, it was within the past two years or so, when people were talking about like, uh, I think it was during the George Floyd protests where people were saying, like, you know, sometimes you have to do a little destruction to make sure people are held accountable. And then all these conservatives oh my God, were right. like, absolutely not. <laughs> even during the Boston Tea Party, they didn't even destroy any property. And they literally like, oh, threw, like, all of their tea overboard. That yeah. was so much money and they were, <laughs> worth of tea. And, and not two years or three four years or however long they called themselves the tea party people because they were willing to destroy property because of the government. But you know, different administrations. Right. <laughs> um, just, just a little different. Consistency is not that group's forte. It's absolutely not. But anyways, enough with politics. <laughs> Let's talk about politics. So Eden to North Carolina, uh, it was also an inland port like Boston and the citizens there were equally appalled by this tea tax. In 1774, the citizens of Edenton shipped food like corn and pork along with other provisions to other ports like Boston and Salem in solidarity. Then a similar tea protest took place thanks to Penelope Barker. Penelope was born Penelope Paget on June 17, 1728, to Father Samuel Paget, who was a physician and farmer, and Mother Elizabeth Blount, who was the daughter of a wealthy politician and planter, James Blount. Penelope had two sisters, Elizabeth and Sarah. Sarah married Joseph Eelbeck, who was a physician, and Elizabeth married John Hodgson, who was an attorney. When Penelope was 17, her father and her sister Elizabeth died within the same year, leaving her to help raise Elizabeth's children. At 17, Penelope married Elizabeth's widowed husband, John. Two years later, John died. This left 19-year-old Penelope to fend for herself, her sister's three children, Isabella, John, and Robert, and her own two children, Thomas and Samuel. She was also put in charge of the Hodgson plantations. After John died, she was qualified to be the administrator of his estate with two of her uncles as sureties. One of them discovered that she had little cash to pay off John's debts, so the court threatened to take away her children and property, believing that this young widow taking care of five children was not rearing them properly. The court ended up taking the children away, but Penelope was able to get her guardianship back of three of them in October of 1751. That's messed up. Yeah. Big government coming in here being like, you can't raise all these kids. Either can we, but now it's our responsibility. Yeah, well, yep. Don't, don't get me started. It's so. like those stories where like the government's like, you're not supposed to have goats. You can't take care of them. And then they, they take the goats and kill them. Yeah. Will you turn the light on? Um, 
Yeah, sure. Thank you. So, also in 1751, Penelope married James Craven, a wealthy planter and political leader. James was a native of Droughton in Yorkshire, England, and was serving as the clerk of court in Pasquatonk. I think it's called pronounced Pasquatonk. Pasquatank? Like a ooh in the middle. Pasquatonk? No. No? No. Pasquatonk? Pasquatonk. Pasquatonk? Everybody knows what county I'm talking about, and we all do not know how to pronounce it. So, Except for that one guy from the North Carolina <laughs> Museum of History with the yeah. TikTok account. Yeah, except for him. Um, so he was clerk of court in 1734. He was later sworn in as the clerk of court in Chowan County in 1740. Before marrying Penelope, he bought all of her property. But in 1755, James died, leaving Penelope all of her original property, and all of his, making her one of, if not the richest woman in North Carolina. And I just want to say, there's a lot of people dying around her. Suspicious. Specifically husbands. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. And I'm not saying she killed them, but I'm not not saying it. Regardless, I still respect her. Yeah, we'll just we'll keep an eye on that. that we'll just keep an eye on it. She can progresses. be part of our um, political leader... Yes. Uh, universe. I'll let it marinate for a little bit. I'll, we'll circle back. <laughs> cool. So two years later, in 1757, Penelope married Thomas Barker. Thomas was an attorney 16 years older than her who was born in Rhode Island. He came to North Carolina as a skipper and served as an onboard factor for New England commercial firm. He arrived in Edenton in 1735 and immediately entered into public service. Thomas married Faraby Pugh in early 1742, and they had one daughter named Betsy. After his wife's death, he was selected as the borough's representative in the Assembly of 1754. Thomas loved Edenton and frequently introduced bills that would improve the town, like um, more inspection of exports and also uh, repairs to the courthouse. By the time he met Penelope, he was a well-established attorney. Penelope was 28 years old when they met, and the couple had three more children, none of which, however, made it to their first birthday. Sad. Very sad. Thomas sailed to England frequently as an agent of North Carolina. In 1761, he made a journey once again, but became stuck in England for 17 years because of the Revolutionary War and the British blockades. Can you imagine being stuck somewhere for 17 years? And, like, you're not in jail. You just can't go home. Um, I guess not. Cool. <laughs> Me neither. I don't, I don't know. No. <laughs> Fair. In the meantime, Penelope managed their estates in the household. She no longer had children to care for, even though she had five of her own and four from previous marriages. And that's because seven of these children had died. And in 1772, her son Thomas, which was actually her son, her sister Elizabeth's son, uh, he died at the age of 25. The last living child, Betsy, left when she was married to Colonel William Tunstall. I think they moved um, to Pennsylvania. So, in Edenton and across the colonies, women were the main consumers of British teas and other imports like textiles. As we all know, tea was a very social drink. Every home had tea, and everyone drank it. So after the Tea Act of 1773, 
Many women began boycotting all imports, including tea, and even began forming groups to encourage others to do so. In the fall of 1774, Penelope decided to take matters into her own hands. She went door-to-door in Edenton, asking the women of the town to support a boycott against English goods. On October 25th, Penelope and 50 women gathered in the home of Elizabeth King, where they signed a resolution boycotting British imports like cloth and tea until King George repealed the tax. This was dubbed the Edenton Tea Party. The Eden Tea Party? Mm-hmm. No. Rolls off the tongue. Okay. Good for them, you know. Yeah. Real trailblazers. I'm going to see if mine's cool enough to sip. It is not. So, the resolution said, quote, We, the aforesaid ladies, will not promote ye wear of any manufacturer from England until such time that all acts which tend to enslave our native country shall be repealed. End quote. After the women signed the resolution, Penelope sent it to London and proclaimed, quote, As we cannot be indifferent on any occasion that appears nearly to affect the peace and happiness of our country, and as it has been thought necessary for the public good to enter into several particular resolves by a meeting of members deputed from the whole provide, it is a duty which we owe not only to our near and dear connections who have concurred in them, but to ourselves who are essentially interested in their welfare to do everything as far as lies in our power to testify our sincere adherence to the same. And we do therefore accordingly subscribe this paper as a witness of our fixed intention and solemn determination to do so. Wow. Real hothead. Real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very wordy. That was a very, very long run-on sentence. That's uh, But I'm here for it. Yeah. So, Penelope sent the resolution to London because she knew that it would cause a stir, and boy, did it. A political cartoon was drawn and published in the London Advertiser in the Morning Chronicle in January 1775 that portrayed the women who signed the resolution as terrible mothers with loose morals. The women received a lot of misogynistic ridicule from men who claimed that women that the women were stepping out of their gender roles. How dare they? In other words, water is wet. <laughs> Same shit, different day. However, close to home, the women's efforts were applauded. Of course. So. Were you able to find that political cartoon? I was. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It's really... You want to see it? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Because I, I looked for it. I was only able to find this, like, one picture, um, which looked like <laughs> it was, like, a recreation of the Declaration of Independence, where it's, like, a room full of... Yeah, that's it. That's it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, how did it portray them as loose morals? Because there's, there's a man... The kid on the ground. The kid on the ground. There's the a man. <laughs> There's a man right here. Whatever these women are doing back here. Oh, I didn't think that was a man. That is absolutely a man. Oh. I Can't tell because he's got a powdered wig on. <laughs> right. I did think it's funny how it starts off with saying, um, you know, we, the aforesaid ladies, will not promote ye wear, yada, 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 such time that all acts intend to enslave our native country shall be repealed. 
And then in that picture, there is like a slave woman who is who is in there. Yeah. But, you know, the times. The times. It's like, oh, yes, all men are created equal with an asterisk next to it. Yeah, for sure. So in an effort to not buy British teas, women in the colonies created their own teas for mulberry leaves, lavender, and locally grown herbs like rosemary, thyme, chamomile, sage, mint, and lemon balm. A recipe called American tea consists of raspberry leaves and these stalks of world loose strife plant, whatever that is. <laughs> um, Liberty tea is another that often includes ro red rose petals, linden blossoms, elder, red clover, violet, and goldenrod, with flavor additions from sassafras, willow tree bark, sweet gum, fennel, dill seeds, and rose hips. They could have just called it Liberty. They could, but, you know, yeah. they didn't have you there to tell them that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> These teas remained popular even after the war. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the tea that I'm drinking right now has chamomile and lemon balm in it. Amongst other things. Cool. Sleepy time tea. <laughs> so, throughout the duration of the war, Penelope continued to boycott British goods. Her husband, Thomas, was finally able to return in September 1778. Her life became simple again, and they built a house in Edenton that still stands today, and it is huge. Uh, Thomas died in 1789, leaving Penelope all of his property, which included two plantations and 400 books. Could you just imagine him like coming home and being like, wow, you know, it's great to see you again. I can't believe I'm back in my own house. Man, I could really go for a cup of tea. <laughs> and she's like, uh. <laughs> About that. About that. <laughs> we, have, we have some discussions. We threw it all out. <laughs> Penelope died seven years later in 1796 and was considered a rare colonial woman who was able to manage her own affairs. You love to see it. She is buried next to Thomas in the Johnston family graveyard at Hayes Plantation in Edenton. The only known portrait of her hangs in the Cupola House. And the Barker House is now the home of the Edenton Historical Commission, and it is located at 505 South Broad Street. The Tea Party actually remained relatively unknown until 1827 when a naval officer purchased a political cartoon when he saw it in a shop abroad. After the discovery, people tried piecing together uh, what had happened, and most accounts of the Tea Party refute some of the facts like that of the women meeting in Elizabeth King's house, Apparently, her house was too small for that many people. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> the Edenton Tea Party is considered the first political demonstration by women in America, and it is commemorated by a bronze teapot mounted on top of a cannon west of Village Green in front of the Chuan County Courthouse in Edenton. That's awesome. I wonder if, like, there's a local tradition where if you rub it, you have a <laughs> Make a wish? Yeah. <laughs> Guess we're gonna have to go and find out. I've always wanted to go to Edenton. It's beautiful. That's um, Edenton's where that guy told us to go <laughs> when I said we were going to New Bern, and he was like, "Do you know what the next New Bern is? Edenton." For sure. Yeah. I feel like so. Edenton is like a little historical gem that nobody knows about. I follow them on Instagram. I do too. Their visit Edenton. It looks Let's just. Let's just go. What are you doing just... this weekend? Um, sleeping. <laughs> I'm so tired. I've had such a long week. 
<laughs> Lemon, it's only Wednesday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's Thursday for us. Friday for y'all. Yay, the weekend. The weekend. Well, cool. This is one of those great stories. Um, definitely a fun fact for all those who are listening. Whenever you hear the story about the Boston Tea Party, you can be like, uh, actually. So if you go to the Boston Tea Party, bostonteapartyship.com, they actually have a blog uh, post called the Edenton Tea Rebellion. Hell yeah. So they knew about it. They knew about it. They're like, yeah, let's, let's spill the tea, sis. <laughs> oh, he's laughing. He's just not doing it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. So conspiracy theory time. Great. I don't want to sound like uh, an old white guy, but what if <laughs> she was a witch? Of course she was. That's and... why she sent stuff to Salem. Exactly. And um, she was like, no, no, no. Like, I need to get their tea product out of Edenton so that I can have everyone drinking my tea. Which gives me control over them or something. I and that's know. why they all died. I don't know about that part. But I'm just saying she cornered the market on tea. You know, by coming up with her own herbal herbal substitutes from local stuff. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. I mean, where I come from, that's just called business. So. Yeah. <laughs> Right? I guess. You'd be an idiot not to stage a rebellion against a foreigner's type right? of product so that you could sell that your own. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no taxation without representation, baby. <laughs> LOL. You still believe that? <laughs> I do still believe that, and yet we filed our taxes the other day. <laughs> yeah. I feel represented, all right. Yeah. Me okay. Too. So. Edenton, Edenton Tea Party. You heard about it here first. Yeah. Maybe. And if um, not, oh well, share it with a friend. Yeah, share it with a friend. Also, if you have any like cool North Carolina mugs, feel free to send us pictures. Love that stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You good? I'm Gucci. We'll see you next week where we have another spooky tale. Yeah. Okay, bye. Sources for today's episode can be found on our website at anchor.fm slash oldnorthstatepod. If you want to send us a topic suggestion, a funny story, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at oldnorthstatepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at oldnorthstatepod. Cheers, y'all!